What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Cooperators Videos Couch. I am one of your hosts, Ben, and today I am joined by my jolly sailor boys, Gabe and Carmen. How's it going, guys? I am good. Ahoy, as they say in Sailor Town. That's what they say at sea. Are you impersonating me? Is that you trying to trying to do the opening of this movie? No, I'm, do I'm doing my own thing. You did a real bad job. <laughs> real bad no, I'm trying to impersonate you. I'm just doing my own thing. I'm just saying ahoy. That's what they said. I'm they telling you right now. Is that how the movie starts? Yeah, man. I don't think when? so. What, what was the first? What was the first scene again? Uh, when you tried with the uh, old dude with like the book. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's nothing the same thing. I mean, old it's not really. Book. Are you guys talking about the Jungle Book? What movie were we supposed to watch? Oh, did you I didn't watch we the Jungle Book? Oh, Gabe, Carmen, didn't you know that we were like switching for one week? Uh, no. <laughs> I watched I watched Pirates of the Caribbean four. <laughs> okay. I'm pretty sure I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure you did. I'm, yeah, I'm pretty sure you didn't either. I don't think either of you. No, did. I did. It's it's <laughs> it starts with Jack getting uh, in the courtroom and stuff. No, nope. well, you're gonna get to that in a bit. I will get to that later. Okay, if you didn't know, on the Cooperators Video Couch, each and every week we go through a movie or TV show that we are currently watching. Right now we are going through the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Um, you can catch us on social media, on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and you can listen to us wherever podcasts are available. I think without further ado, we'll jump into it. Uh, this is Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides. It was directed by Rob Marshall, released on May 20th, 2011. Uh, Runtime of 137 minutes. Um, budget of $250 million and a gross revenue of $1.04 billion. More billions of dollars that this franchise is somehow making. And... I'm sure I'm not sure if you guys knew this, but On Stranger Tide was actually originally a novel written by Tim Powers, published in 1987, uh, and was nominated for the World Fantasy Award uh, for Best Novel and placed second uh, in annual Locus Poll for Best Fantasy Novel uh, back then. Uh, yeah, after the release of Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, The Curse of the Black Pearl, Disney actually approached Powers uh, in optioning his novel which uh, would be used as an inspiration basis uh, and title for this movie. I don't know exactly how much is the same, because I did not read the book, but uh, I thought that was kind of interesting that they decided to move away from what they were doing, and they kind of had plans for their movie right after Black Pearl had uh, started. I think immediately they were like, we don't like where this is going with Elizabeth and Will. They need to <laughs> fuck off. Let's get some new blood in there. I agree. Okay, perfect. This movie is going to be good. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably exactly what they were, too. Like, uh, They're like, oh, my God, finally get rid of the two lovebirds that are not very good in this movie. Oof. Okay, yeah. so uh, let's get some initial thoughts on this, guys. Uh, what did you guys think about On Stranger Tides? Uh, uh, yeah, man. I think it was stronger than three and two. Uh, I like the premise of Jack Jack being his own villain, what do you mean by that? Well, I think that's the whole point, right? Because most of the time he's viewed as his own... He's his own villain in a lot of ways. And that's my hot take. I don't think Blackbeard was the bad guy. 
yeah, I thought it was fine. I was into it. Um, I enjoyed Penelope Cruz's role. Uh, and yeah, I agree with the, the lack of goodwill just making it sound because everyone knows that it was just Jack Sparrow kind of a driving force in this. So it was good. It was a one-off adventure. I liked it. Yeah. How about you, Carmen? What'd you, what are your initial thoughts on this movie? I cared for it. <laughs> Short and sweet. Yeah, no, it was good. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it was, it was fun. Uh, I mean, yeah, like exactly what Gabe said and what I said earlier. <laughs> uh, once you get Will and Elizabeth out of there, dislikable characters, uh, then it's more just about the adventure, all about Jack and, you know, what he does. And it's also interesting because you get to see a little bit more inside of, you know, his history and get, like, some backstory on him. Um, I mean, yeah, it's... It's it's fun, but uh, yeah, I'll get more into that a little bit later. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I agree. I think that it was a very fun movie. Uh, I don't think I've actually seen it all the way through before, because there were parts that I don't remember actually happening at all. Uh, I thought Blackbird was a pretty good villain. I'm not sure I agree with Jack being his own villain, but I kind of get what you mean by that, Gabe. Uh, I think that he kind of fought against his own nature a lot. Uh, I was a little confused at parts, like how he didn't want to sacrifice someone else to take their life when he's a pirate and he wanted to kind of kill people anyways uh, but I think overall it was a much stronger movie obviously than 2 and 3 I think that it was almost on par with number 1 for me uh, I think number 1 had a little bit more to it that would bring it above but the fact that again Will and Elizabeth weren't in it was a huge upside because you got to spend more time with Jack uh, and even like some, spend some time with Barbosa, who's become a weird in-between good-and-bad character, kind of like Jack is. That would be my one thing I'd like to see with Barbosa. Sorry, you cut out there. Uh, you want to get clo- a little closer I to the s- mic? I said, I said that's the one thing I wouldn't mind seeing edited out of this movie, is Barbosa. Really? What? I liked Barbosa yeah, in this. for real. Not necessary. It's a, it's a Jack adventure. Mm. And granted, like, Barbosa's his, his, like... I guess nemesis, but he was just mainly comedic relief. Yeah, no, was, who, no one was, could really wasn't oh, necessary. No could have really been edited out of this. The Spaniards—they made very little impact about anything in this entire movie, and it kind of was just a bunch of wasted scenes. Yes, I Spanish. disagree. I re- I really like enjoyed the Spaniards. Oh really? <laughs> ah! Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I. Oh, oh, do you want that. me to get into that now? No, let's get into that after. Get into that later on. Let's get into that yeah, after. Tell me, about the plot first. tell me yeah. about the Spanish. No, well, no one expects, or no one suspects the Spanish Inquisition. That's right. Yeah. Oh. All right. Are you guys <laughs> ready for some plot action? <laughs> do it. Lay it down on me. Uh, yo ho ho. He's about to do a plot recap. His name is Ben. All right, good enough. That was great. Well, well, my good sirs, welcome back to His Majesty's Navy. We start this one off one night off the coast of Spain. A captain and a fisherman discover a body of an ancient sailor in the fishing net. Uh, The two examine the dead body until the sailor's eyes jet open, and he grabs the captain's arm. A gold-trimmed carriage races across a cobblestone uh, from a harbor as the old castaway is brought to the royal palace of Cadiz, 
where he is shown before King Ferdinand. As the sailor gives Ferdinand a logbook, the two fishermen tell the sailor's story, having sailed on Ponce de Leon's ship upon seeing an uh, archaic symbol in the logbook. Ferdinand realizes that the sailor's story, as well as the legend of the Fountain of Youth, were both true. Ferdinand uh, then sends his most trusted agents, known only as the Spaniards, to find the fountain. All that could have been taken out because they were useless. Now over to the jolly old England where the trial is in session. This is what we were talking about before. Uh, against Mr. Gibbs, who everyone thinks is Jack Sparrow. A mysterious Justice Smith appears before the court. It is Jack himself in disguise. Bum, bum, bum. Though everyone in the crowd expects a trial, Justice Smith decides an immediate verdict is to be given. Gibbs is found guilty of being innocent of being Jack Sparrow, which is very confusing and makes people angry that there's not going to be a hanging today, uh, and is condemned to life in prison. As Jack takes off his disguise, Gibbs is taken away and put in a horse-drawn carriage. Uh, having paid off the driver, Jack himself is added to the carriage and has a conversation with Gibbs. Throughout the ride, Gibbs informs Jack about the rumors of him recruiting a crew. The two briefly talk about Jack's search for the Fountain of Youth, and Jack's looking for the map. Looking, sorry, from looking at Jack's map. As the carriage suddenly, as the carriage suddenly stops, Jack and Gibbs are surprised to find themselves facing down a detachment of royal guards in the courtyard of St. James's Palace. Jack is dragged into St. James's Palace to meet uh, Vernon Dursley, I, I, I mean, uh, King George II, who acts exactly like Vernon Dursley did. During the first part of the meeting, there is confusion over if Jack is the real Jack Sparrow. Uh, though Jack tries to deny it, stating that the rumors of him recruiting a crew were false, the king ignores them and they attend to the matter at hand. The king and his ministers ask Jack to guide the expedition to find the Fountain of Youth before the Spanish, in which Jack accepts on the condition of getting a ship and crew. Jack is then introduced to the captain of the expedition, Hector Barbosa, because I guess we don't like introducing new characters to a story, so let's bring back an old one, who is a privateer now for the crown and has a peg leg. Upon being asked by Jack about the fate of the Black Pearl, Barbosa believe, reveals that he lost the pearl and his leg in battle, which is weird because the Black Pearl is also supposed to be so fast that it can outrun any ship, including the Flying Dutchman, but it cannot apparently outrun whatever ship Jack angrily reacts to this revelation, which which makes the king's guard restrain him. As Barbosa and the king prepare to continue their mission, Jack makes one le of his legendary escapes, as always, while surrounding, surrounded by royal guards and a room full of shocked advisors. Despite being outnumbered, Jack is able to escape as the monarch is left stunned. Just as I was, because it was very confusing, that entire fight scene, but it was pretty entertaining. It was, yeah, I liked it. Yeah, I like right? it when swords get brushed together. Mm. Get that sheen sound? Yeah, like that. I know you like it, Connor. He's on mute. He's fine. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> yeah. Jack is, like to oh. Jack is able to escape the guards except for one who aims a musket hit right at him. Jack is saved by his father, Captain Tiog. Jack's dad. Um, 
because for some reason he is there at the right place at the right time, even though, yeah, I'm not sure why he was there. Even though we've only ever seen him once on Shipwreck Cove, since he is the keeper of the code, isn't he? Isn't he supposed to like, stay there? I thought that was the whole deal with his dad. Because uh, dad informs Coach Jack that there's a profane ritual. Uh, <laughs> there's some... <laughs> There's a profane ritual, and there's some items that are needed uh, for the Fountain of Youth to work. He needs two silver chalices. I did a profane ritual last night, oh, if you know what Jesus. I mean. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> so I was trying to power. I was thinking about poo. changing that word, and man, I just, I knew you were going to say something. No, he went poo. He went poo. <laughs> sure it was. That's what well, he was I doing. He was... I did. A, I did a few. Oh, okay, in that case, I did a couple of oh, profane rituals. Yeah, I know you did. You, you guys did are the worst. Same time. Oh. He did a poo. He did a poo. <coughs> oh, okay. Oh. At the bar where the fake sparrow is recruiting a crew, Jack comes face to face with the imposter. The two draw their swords and engage in another duel, just like uh, Will and Jack did in the first one, almost to the letter, because they also end up fighting on the rafters. Get a new shtick, number four. Jack soon realizes who the imposter is, and he starts making out with himself, which was weird and kind of weirdly hot. I don't know if it was just me. I enjoyed it. Uh, I enjoyed it. But the I fake... Yeah, uh, yeah, right. <laughs> who wouldn't kiss themselves? You know what I mean? <laughs> That's fair. That's so fair. If, if there was some hot chick who was dressed up like me, and like she was wearing like a bald cap and like, a baseball <laughs> I was about hat... To say. And like had like some like stubble drawn on, and then like was wearing like a band T-shirt. I would be like, yeah. That's self love, okay? I don't give a fuck who you are. We find out that this is actually okay. That this is his former love, Angelica. The two have a brief reunion where, with Angelica asking Jack about the Fountain of Youth. Suddenly, the King's Guard arrive and engage Jack and Angelica in a fight. But again, just. Kind of like the, every other movie that it's been on, just like the number I think two and and three. Oh my God, guys, come on, get, oh, get a new stick. Yeah. Jack and Angelica are able to escape by jumping into the River Thames. At the execution courtyard, Gibbs finds himself being dragged by two car guards uh, in front of Privateer Barbosa. Uh, there he stands waiting at the gallows, with. Uh, he has a hanging rope dragged around his shoulder. Barbosa comes to question Gibbs about Jack Sparrow's whereabouts. Realizing that Jack is headed to the Fountain of Youth, Barbosa threatens to hang Gibbs unless he can offer something in search of the fountain. Gibbs pulls out the map uh, that he stole from Jack, which I thought was funny. Um, Barbosa commands Gibbs to hand the map over, but Gibbs grabs a lantern and smashes on the map. Gibbs makes himself necessary, revealing that he has studied the map and memorized every route and destination on it, which is pretty good because he just got the map maybe like an hour or two ago. There's only one thing Barbosa yep. could say as the map smoldered. Welcome back to His Majesty's Navy, Mr. Gibbs. And I thought that was a pretty good line because I, I always forget that he was actually part of the Navy before he became a pirate. Jack wakes up. Gibbs. to have singing on the island. Oh, Gibbs. Oh, Gibbs. What have you gotten us into this time? It'd be bad luck to have a woman on, on board as well. Hashtag <laughs> patriarchy. Oh, jeez. Well, at least they didn't say that this time. They seem pretty okay with oh. having the woman on board this time. 
I mean, he did call her uh, all sorts of names, though. That's so true. There was that. But, I mean, like, you know what? The boys will be boys. Oh, gosh. Don't say that. That's awful. No. That's a, that's a, that's a <laughs> no from me. <laughs> Jack wakes up aboard the Queen Anne's Revenge, the ship of a notorious pirate, Blackbeard. Uh, which I was very surprised at when I first watched this, because I was like, damn, they brought Blackbeard into this? I want some Treasure Island right here, but it was gone. While working on the deck, Scrum tells Jack of the crewmen who were zombified, as well as the imprisoned Philip Swift, a missionary captured in a raid. Because, you know, we need more undead crewmen. That's like three parts of the series, because there's like undeadish kind of people. We had fish, and now we have the zombies. And then we had, like, skeletons at one point. Upon learning that their first mate is Angelica, Jack goes to confront her. Angelica convinces Zach, Jack that she was able to con Blackbeard, believing him that she is his daughter. Bless you. She also reveals that he wants to find the Fountain of Youth because of a prophecy foreseen by the Quartermaster that reveals his de uh, Blackbeard's death at the hand of a one-legged man. We move over to Barbosa, uh, where he has Gibbs brought up to the helm of the Providence to provide a headache. Gibbs states that he is going the right direction as they see three Spanish galleons that kind of just pass them by because they really don't give a fuck about them. Because who cares about them when you can live forever? As the Queen Anne Reve we go back to Queen Anne's Revenge, as it sails into the dusk of evening, Jack meets up with some of the crewmen to discuss the topic of youth. He also tries to convince them that Blackbeard's not even on the ship, which I thought was pretty good. Uh, as the crew begins their attack, however, at the moment of triumph, Blackbeard himself appears and uses his sword to hang the crew, because who wouldn't want to have a sweet sword that can control a ship's every part? I still thought the Kraken was better, but I thought that was, it was pretty, still pretty good. Jack is brought into Blackbeard. He's got a sweet stick that can control... Jesus! <laughs> I oh, I do. So does Carmen. It's called a stick shift. He's got it, it, he he controls the Queen Anne's revenge with that stick. Oh God! Oh. <laughs> this this episode's becoming very sexual. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, guys. This, this has gotten really right, let's sexual. Keep, go, keep going through the plot, guys. Yeah. We're taking a lot of like sideways and yeah, it's it's taking a while. Okay, come on, like stop being getting distracted. Yeah, suck in the guts, guys. We're professionals here. Suck in the guts. All right. Jack is brought into Blackbeard's cabin where it's revealed that he must reach the Fountain of Youth before the prophecy of his death comes true. Angelica enters the cabin as Blackbeard starts to torture Jack using a voodoo doll. Jackbeard's manipulation of the doll forces Jack to reconsider helping Blackbeard in his quest. Because, you know, he, he has a sweet sword that controls the ship, but also has voodoo dolls of Jack. That's, yeah, that's cool. That's cool. I liked it. Cool. I'm all right with it. I can accept that. I didn't like that he had two things. Okay. They're only allowed to have one thing, dude. Oh. Later, Jack and Angelica drink and enter into a dance on board the Queen Anne's Revenge with a sweet song being played in the background by the sailor named Scrum. While they dance, Angelica reveals a profane, the profane ritual. God, I can't believe I said that twice because I know Carmen's going to say something later. Uh, found uh, water from the Fountain of Youth, a mermaid's tear, and uh, the silver chalices of Carter. Cartagena. She also reveals that the items will be used to take all the years of life from another. As a bribe, Angelica shows Jack a cabin full of ships, uh, including the bottled Black Pearl. Angelica tells 
Jack that she needs those years from for Black Billy, claiming that he she truly is his daughter. Jack tries to warn Angelica, saying that Blackbeard will kill her given the chance, which we kind of see almost happen a couple times. One of the items needed for the ritual is a mermaid's tear, so Blackbeard takes the crew to Whitecap Bay to hunt a mermaid. A mermaid uh, soon appears as the boat of crewmen who are used as bait uh, attracts her. She comes up in all of her beauty. Gem Award, very beautiful. 100%. Totally wasn't worth it. it. Uh, wasn't it Budget Amanda Seyfried that played that mermaid? Was it? I don't think you can say that. <laughs> I really, I really don't think you can say that. To be fair, I, I totally thought it was um, and <laughs> Amanda, but I was like, that's not her. And I was like, oh, these people look just no, like... No, no, no. It's like Keira Knightley and no, Natalie no. Portman. They're interchangeable at, at one point in their careers. My man. My man. Oh, hey. Oh, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, she's, what? So, so I can say... I can... Oh. She seduces the crewmen with her beauty while singing My Jolly Sailor Bold to attract more mermaids to come up. We then see a very crazy scene where all of them get killed. That, that was something. Uh, after the mermaid reveals her true form, which is terrifying, a full-blown mermaid attack commences. It soon turns to a slaughter as the crewmen are taken by the mermaids one by one, including them using these cool weird whip things that I think was CG. And so Jack Sparrow makes the lighthouse explode, which was kind of weird and random, but cool, which makes the mermaid swim away. With the assistance of Philip, Blackbeard's men are able to capture a young mermaid. I'm not, uh, Astrid Hergis Trugis. Uh, yeah, that's her name, right? It's got a lot of accents on it. Yep. That's, that's the umlauts. name. Umlauts. No, not umlauts. Uh, French accents. <laughs> Not German it sounds a little bit like Elon Musk's baby and Grimes' child. <laughs> Later, we move over to Berth Bosa uh, as he arrives at Whitecap Bay himself, bringing a landing party ashore to the aftermath of the prior attack. The crew soon witnesses the horror as the mermaids start attacking the rest of the crew who are still aboard the Providence before the boat is knocked over and uh, sunk to the bottom of the depths with everyone dying. <laughs> Uh, Barbosa turns to uh, Gibbs to get the new heading. Blackbeard's crew soon uh, soon continues their quest in the jungle of a mysterious island, which I think is supposed to be modeled like after Monkey Island. Papua New Guinea. Oh, um, they fi uh, they need to find another item needed for the ritual, which is the chalices. Guided by Jack, who holds his very special compass. That brings him to the things that he wants, which I guess is no longer Elizabeth. The crew has to find Ponce de Leon's ship. The crew soon arrives uh, to a steep cliff where Blackbeard takes Jack's compass and forces him to jump. Though he refuses at first, Jack eventually decides to do it because he was going to make uh, Angelica do it. And he didn't want that to happen for some reason, I guess. Even though they like tried to kill each other a couple times. Uh, but... He does jump after the quartermaster assures him of his survival by throwing Jack's voodoo doll over the cliff. <clears throat> Jack makes it to Santiago, which is the ship's name, uh, where lay the corpse of Ponce de Leon. After reuniting with Barbosa here and having a random math-y kind of balance act, uh, Jack learns that the Spanish have already stolen the chalices. 
looking on Ponsilian's map uh, on Fort San Miguel, Barbosa finds where the Spanish camp is located. Jack and Barbosa meet up with the rest of Barbosa's crew before they continue onwards towards the camp. After arriving at the pool, we sorry, we move over to Blackbeard. After arriving at the pool where the mermaids are have been previously harvested for their tears, which is really gross, actually. Uh, Blackbeard tries to force Serena, who's the mermaid they captured, to cry. But unfortunately, the mermaid Serena will not yield a tear, uh, and Felt even stands up for her, which is weird, but I guess he's kind of in love with her now. However, Blackbeard, upon learning yeah. that Serena and Philip want to bang it out, decides that uh, to use Philip instead of just torturing her. He uses the quartermaster to seemingly kill Philip in front of Serena. However, she still doesn't cry because she obviously doesn't care about him that much. So Blackbeard leaves oh, her halfway shit. in the sun. After Philip wakes up from the dart in the chest, he runs to free Serena. Amazed by Philip's survival, she smiles with a tear in her eye, and Blackbeard quickly comes in and takes that tear. Because, you know, who wants... who? Yeah, why wouldn't you want a tear from a mermaid? I guess it's going to ruin eternal life. But if not, maybe he just collects tears. Though, it's disgusting. Whoever does that shit, it's gross. That's definitely you, Gabe. All right, though Philip tells Blackbeard to uh, let her go, Serena is left to die with the other mermaids anyways. That's cold-hearted Blackbeard. Fuck. Meanwhile, ba Jack and Barbosa infiltrate the Spanish camp, where Barbosa reveals that his sword is poisoned with some deadly poisonous frogs. After successfully stealing the chalices from the Spanish officer, Jack and Barbosa are captured and tied up. Which is, like, I, uh, this entire scene could have been left out, I think. I think they could have just skipped this event altogether. All right, Barbosa reveals that his desire uh, for revenge against Blackbeard for his attack on the Pearl. Uh, Black Barbosa cut, cut off his own leg to survive in that battle. After hearing this, Jack agrees to help Barbosa. With Jack's improvisation, they are able to escape once again because of his his best qualities. Jack later rejoins with Blackbeard, accompanied by Gibbs, where he presents the chalice, and for some reason they have a pig. But instead of handing them over, Jack offers them with a few conditions. No harm is to come to Angelica, the return of his compass, and, of course, freedom for Gibbs, because I guess he does like Gibbs in the end, even though Gibbs does not want to leave. He wants to join them for at least a little bit. Blackbeard impatiently considers it done and receives the chalices from Gibbs. Jack uh, gives the compass to Gibbs, saying that this will lead free to mate as he continues on with Blackbeard's crew towards his mountain cave. Leading Blackbeard's crew to the cave entrance and reading Aqua de Vida from the chalices, Jack finds himself in the fountain of youth. Barbosa appears to challenge Blackbeard because people just seem to know where this place is now, uh, and battle the battle commences. There's a really good part here. I, I think this is one of my favorite things where Jack tries to convince all, both crews just to let Bla or Barbosa and Blackbeard fight each other, but they all just run at each other. Uh, I thought that was good. While Philip escapes <laughs> to free Serena, Jack and Angelica fight for their chalices, and there is a weird three-way fight where they're throwing swords and chalices, which I thought was pretty funny. Uh, but probably could have been left out and saved us a couple minutes, honestly. The Spaniards crew then arrives to destroy the fountain, which they're pretty successful at, by like, considering they didn't have any explosives or anything. They just kind of pushed it over. After confronting the Spaniards, Blackbeard is stabbed by Barbosa with his poisoned sword. 
Angelica tries to help her father, but despite Jack's uh, Jack's attempts to warn her, cuts her hand on the poison herself. Having achieved his goal, Barbosa takes Blackbeard's sword and leaves, claiming Blackbeard's ship and his crew as his own. At which time, Scrum and Blackbeard's other crew member just kind of peace out. After the Fountain of Youth is destroyed, but the Spanish also leave, leaving just Jack, Angelica, and Blackbeard. Kind of seems like a weird addition. Probably could have been left out from the movie, but you know, I digress. Serena appears from one of the pools, presenting the chalices to Jack. I'm not exactly sure how she got them. Uh, and tells him not to waste the tear uh, before disappearing into the water. I'm not sure why she came back and why she wanted to help, but she did. Jack manages to fill each chalice with a few drops of water from the fountain as it dries up and adds the mermaid's tears to one of the cups. Blackbeard drinks the chalice with the tear and Angelica drinks the other. However, Jack then reveals that he might have switched them. Maybe, you know, maybe I did that. Uh, And almost instantly, Angelica's wound heals as the water flows from the fountain rushing towards Blackbeard and swallows him. Angelica stares into the horror as Blackbeard's skeleton collapses dead. Thought that was a very good, very good uh, scene. Very uh, good animation there. Philip, mortally wounded, finds Serena in the pools, and it's in their reunion they make amends. With Serena offering to save the fatally injured Philip, and Philip asking Serena for forgiveness. Serena kisses Philip, and takes she takes him underwater. Presumably, I guess, to save him somehow, but maybe just to do what the sailors said earlier, to kill and bang him underwater. That's love, okay? Don't discriminate. That's, okay, if drowning the other person and having sex with a dead corpse is love, I, I don't know if I want love in my life. Gabe's been married twice, so it's easy. Exactly. Exactly. Jesus, all right. We flash, we flash forward to Jack taking <laughs> Angelica aboard a rowboat. <laughs> okay. Taking uh, Angelica aboard. You, you haven't lived, okay? You haven't lived until you've done it. Alright, well, yeah, let's then finish the plot. We're almost, oh, yeah, there. Okay. We're almost there, guys. We're almost there. Um, Angelica aboard a rowboat and maroons her on Sola Vida Beach, uh, which is where he was marooned as well, with a pistol with one shot, just like Barbosa left him. At Jack leaves, Angelica uses the one shot uh, to fire at Jack, but misses. Jack taunts her as he rows away while she is frantically cursing him for his actions. Accompanied by Blackbeard's remaining crew, Barbosa finds the Queen Anne's revenge and takes full command of as the new captain. Redressed in his full pirate regalia, no more privateering for him. Barbosa uses his new power to start sailing in the revenge. Back to the sandy shore, Jack rejoins Gibbs, who managed to steal not only the bottled pearl, but other ships as well that were in Blackbeard's hold. While they have no idea how to get them out of the bottle, except for some weird ritual that Jack talked about, going like, woo with his fingers. Uh, I know you guys can't <laughs> see it, but if you watch the movie, you know what I'm talking about. Um, yeah. <clears throat> and... Uh, both pirates are determined to continue living the pirate's life as they walk during the Caribbean sunset. Then there's like a weird epilogue that I actually didn't see the first time that I watched this. Uh, <clears throat> I had to go back to it. Later during the sunset, Angelica sits alone on Sola, Sola Vid Beach, 
but uh, as deliver as if delivered by fate, Angelica finds the Jack Voodoo doll as it washes up ashore. She smiles slyly as she holds the doll. Maybe this will become important later. I, I don't know. I haven't actually seen the next movie, but I'm assuming that plays into it. Maybe, kind of. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Uh, we'll but find out. We'll we'll find out next time. Uh, I'm sure it doesn't. I'm sure this is just like a useless scene that they're like, oh, maybe we'll make this into a trilogy, and they decide to just do another standalone movie. <laughs> um, yeah. Could be. And there we have it. That is the plot of uh, On Stranger Tides. <laughs> Like I said, I cared for it. Yeah, so did I. I yeah, it was good. There was some good stuff. Again, I thought it was almost on par with the original movie. Like, I thought there were a lot of really good story beats. I thought the villain had a really good, like, motivation and was actually interesting to watch. Um, I liked that there was no villain in Exist. And mm-hmm. I liked that it had a lot of Barbosa and Jack in it. Yeah. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. I thought the story was really good too. Yeah. Like I thought the story behind the movie was actually very engaging for a lot of it. Uh, there were well, I think a couple parts that I wish yeah. in Spanish. I think could have definitely been removed altogether, and it would probably have shortened the movie by you know good like ten fifteen minutes. I disagree with you on that one, but more on that in a sec. Well, here to me though, I think that it it, it focused on Jack, and I think it shows you like the simplicity of like really hammering in on a story, you know, like just to, yeah. like as a one-off adventure, I'm fine with it. Mm-hmm. And if they didn't, if we didn't know they made a fifth one, you know, that I would have been fine with that too. Yeah. Uh, but, but we know there's another one. Hopefully. Hopefully it's good. But yes. Um, yeah. I mean, totally. Yeah. I know Carmen's already watched it, but I'm not sure. Steve, have you watched the last one yet? I have not. Okay. So it's just me who hasn't seen it yet at all. Um, but yeah, no, I thought I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I didn't mind actually going back and rewatching it to get the plot summary uh, done up. So, and that's saying something because the other ones, like Black Pearl, I didn't mind doing it, but man, the last two were just like it was painful watching them a second time uh, right after the first. But I thought yeah. this one was like I almost rewatched it uh, yesterday again because I was just like I really enjoy this. Yeah, right on. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Carl. Uh, yeah, so I had, some, I had some different thoughts about some of the stuff that you guys... I actually like Barbosa. I, I think he's a great foil to Jack and kind of mm-hmm. gives him someone else to play off of. Someone who's kind of got the same attitude, but they're also kind of competing. He's also he's, So he's kind of like his rival, but also like his friend. His frenemies, right? And I, I, I really like their dynamic. Uh, and like when they get captured together, and like, you know, Jack like smells his sword, <laughs> like which is pretty funny. And then, uh, you know, the, he, like, takes out, like, the whisk or the rum from his leg. I was about to say. awesome. And then he escapes and all that. You know, it was, it was fun. Yeah. It was good. Yeah, he and, was like, a fun And, like, they jump on the bed together. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, totally like Barbosa. I like the Spanish as kind of, like, this, like, powerful force because they probably were at that time. I don't know. I don't know history. But anyway, I like them being around <laughs> and kind of being, like, this new thing because we're used to seeing the fucking British around. It's like, oh, my God. So it's like, oh, yeah, there's other people in the world other than fucking white people great i mean i guess you could call it the spanish are pretty white too but i mean i don't know about anyway that. uh <laughs> I, you cut that part out <laughs> <laughs> uh i'm sorry 
so anyway, yeah, I like them, and I really liked it. The, one of the things he shows up with, like, his, like, massive army at the end, and he's just like, only God has the power to give life. And he just, like, decides that, <laughs> and he just, like, shuts the entire operation down. I was like, oh, yeah, that's badass. And then they just, like, fuck off immediately after that. They're <laughs> yeah. like, all right, job's done. Let's go. <laughs> It was, just, it, was, it was awesome. I loved that they just, like, showed up, they did it, and then the guy's just like, done. All right. Good. We're going to go, go get some beers. <laughs> we're out of here. Yeah, go drink a bunch of wine. A what? What, yeah. what was that? I don't know. <laughs> what, what did you do? <laughs> <laughs> God damn it, guys. Cervezas. Cervezas. <laughs> What's wrong with saying that? There's nothing wrong with that. Oh, no. That is politically correct. Um, uh, I really like Penelope Cruz. Uh, I thought she was a strong female lead. Uh, she was a likable character because she's constantly just trying to save her dad and, uh, you know, naive, uh, but still very likable. Yeah. Uh, way better than Elizabeth was as far as a character goes and someone to, you know, uh, just, you know, go along on this adventure with. But she is very, very also attractive. Also like the Oh, my God, she's attractive. Agreed. Yes. Yeah. I like the dynamic between her and Jack and, like, you know, kind of seeing his vulnerability to her and how he's like, oh, there were stirrings. And then again, he's like, feelings? He's like, no, 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 not that far. So it's kind of like this funny moment where he's like, there's something mm-hmm. there. But he's, like, also, like, immediately backpedals. He's like, oh, no, 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 it's not that big a deal. <laughs> but, like, you know, so it's, yeah. it's, I, I enjoyed seeing that dynamic there. Yeah, I agree. You know I, I thought was attractive. Oh. Yeah, who? Gabe. The monkey was. Gabe. The monkey. Oh, the fucking monkey. I hate the monkey. The monkey was monkey. attractive. That monkey was attractive. I would, I, I think that monkey deserves everything. I hate that. Well, fuck, Gabe. That's you know what, you know what that you know what that sort of talking started. AIDS. Oh, God damn it, guys! I'm gonna cut that out too, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! Oh, I, didn't did, yeah. say, I didn't say that though. He said that. I have to cut oh, yeah, out yeah, so much of this fucking episode. You were about to say that. You were about to say that. I wasn't gonna say that at all. I just said the monkey was deserves everything we got. You're both. I the really like the monkey. I didn't. I didn't do that bit. That was not. You're me. both the worst. I agree, that though, Carmen. I think that unlike Elizabeth, unlike Natalie Portman, I think that Natalie Cruz actually did an amazing <laughs> job. I think that like yeah. she she was definitely a stronger actress uh, than Natalie Portman. <laughs> than Natalie Portman. Is that uh, was a cricketer and I like fuck. They're, <laughs> uh, they're so interchangeable. Um, to be fair, to be fair, Carmen fucked us all up. Yeah, started that conversation about monkeys know, and stuff. You guys stuff. are both the worst. Um, but no, rather than Keira Knightley, I thought you guys. To be fair, Keira Knightley, like I think the character they wrote for her was really weak, whereas this one, like yeah. I think they wrote more of a strong more independent even though she was kind of doing this for somebody else it was like more of an independent character whereas uh elizabeth was more of a i'm only doing this for will but i'm also somewhat in love with jack and it was more about the love aspect whereas this is more about the like her journey to like save her father which i thought was very like way more compelling uh motivation behind it Yeah, made sense. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm into it. But yeah, no, I the way this movie starts. Oh, sorry. Oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say, yeah, I really I agree with Barbosa. I I know that Gabe like isn't crazy about about it, but I think that he was just a really strong character altogether. Like it gave you, he was just he was like a second Jack, but a little more toned down, in kind of the ridiculousness to him. Like he actually was a very think, smart, cool. smartly written character. 
Uh, but he did have points where, like, the things he said were funny, even if they maybe weren't supposed to be. But it's just, like, his mannerisms and that kind of thing. I also think that he's a very strong actor. I think that... I'm not sure what else he's he been should, in. He should, he should be. He should be the goddamn... Goddamn uh, <laughs> award winner. Is he? Yeah. What do you want to Jeffrey Rush, baby. Uh, what did I say? I said it last Some time. Some dusty old movie or something like that? I don't know. Okay, first so of all, like it's not a dusty that. old movie. <laughs> yeah. God damn it. Uh, kind of like my what? Yeah, <laughs> kind of like oh, That's okay. a dusty old so movie. It's a dusty old movie. Uh, I was going to say it's a dusty old movie. So for being in quarantine, guys. All right. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I think he's he's very strong. I think that I would honestly watch a movie about Barbosa. Like, like where he went from there, I would have watched that for sure. If that was number five and Jack wasn't even in it, I'd be like, yep, I'm okay with that. As long as it's about Barbosa. Um, but yeah, no, I think... I think uh, in... Yeah. Go ahead, Carm. Go ahead. No, you're good. Uh, I, I like the way that movie, this movie started. It was strong. Uh, it, like, starts off and it's like, you know, this whole, like, it's in London, so it's something we haven't seen before. That's not how movie. it starts, Carmen. <laughs> I just talk huh. about the plot. That's not how it actually starts. Well, okay, it's, it's pretty much how it starts. You know, it starts off with like the the Fisher dude and like the Spanish and all that. That's fine. It kind of gives you like it it make it brings like the story. It's like, oh, when are they gonna get back to that? That's cool. Yeah. But uh, you I know, it's, it's, like it's basically the movie. It's yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. The movie actually starts for me in London, and it's cool because we haven't seen it yet. And then it's like, oh, they they got a pirate. It's Jack Sparrow, and you don't see his face. You're like, oh, what what trouble has Jack got himself into this time? <laughs> And then he shows up with the judge. It's like, ah, oh, hilarious. Great. It's, oh, it's, so it's funny. It's kind of, uh, like, you know, like, campy. It's, it's, it's fun. Yeah. And then it, like, I love the Indiana Jones reference with the goblets. And then the guy, like, you know, you know the animation, as you said, super awesome. Like, you know, he gets ripped apart and all oh, that. That was so super good. cool. And, and to the sunset. It's like, everything yeah. about the movie is, like, cliche, but it's mm -hmm. fun. But cliche in the best kind of way. It's like... Yeah. It's like yeah. when you watch like a B movie or like a very campy movie, you love it because it's so campy. Right. Uh, uh, yeah, I think. What didn't? What wasn't good? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just gonna say one thing that this movie, uh, quadrilogy, I guess, uh, has really done for me so far is the animation. I think they've really nailed it on every single movie, uh, no matter yeah. what the story and all that kind of stuff is. I think their animation has always been amazing. Uh, and, like, the use of props and, like, their set pieces and stuff have just been incredible. Uh, again, maybe the story doesn't always match everything else, but the aesthetic to it has just been, like, mind-blowing. Yeah, they always look really good. Yeah. You're right. All right, you were saying? Uh, the, the one thing that I didn't like was the, the like, the whole mermaid situation sucked. Mm. Like, it was basically, like, the new Elizabeth and Will, like, the missionary guy. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it's just, like, that. their whole dynamic, I was like, oh, God. And then, like, the dude, like, he's like, oh, I can save you. And then she, like, pulls him down to the depths. And then, like, her whole family eats him, probably. After having I mean, sex like, that didn't make any sense. Which is fine, I guess. You know, I don't really care. However, you know, all that being said, all that bullshit with, like, the mermaid and the missionary and all of that, like, dumb stuff that happened. And him, like, falling in love with her. It's like, oh, oh, no, I'm, I've, <laughs> I've been, I, I believe in you because I'm fucking horny. Yeah. Like, oh, God, shut, shut up. It's so dumb. But... Uh, the, the entire thing was worth it because when that one point when he makes when the, the missionary is talking about that something and then Jack says I agree with the missionary's position <laughs> holy fuck <laughs> what a joke 
the entire movie was worth it for that joke. Like, all of the other bullshit that happened, that joke kicked my ass. Oh, man, that was good. <laughs> I paused the movie to laugh and then re to watch it again. <laughs> Loved it. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, it was so good. But, no, yeah, I agree. The mermaid stuff was all really weird. It was, like, it wasn't just weird. It was, like, very out of the blue and didn't need to be in there at all. Also, why did she come back to help Jack at all? Like, why did she... Like, I don't get that. Like, she had no stake in that, and, like, Jack didn't really help her at all. She just kind of came back to give him the cup, so I'm like, what the fuck is happening here? That was the writers being like, uh, the mermaid was kind of dumb and barely in it. Uh, what do we do? Uh, I don't know, like, make her do this? Okay, sure. I bet someone in the back, too, was like, hey, guys, you know what we should do instead of this? We should just write her out of it all. They're like, nah, 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 <laughs> we need We need hot people who are, like, kind of half-naked with this. Just in case people don't like the story. That's right. Get the hottest missionary you can. <laughs> Do it. Make him uh, have perfect teeth. Unlike uh, everyone else. Yeah, unlike everybody else. He's the only one who had a toothbrush. My, uh, <laughs> in a time where toothbrushes yeah. didn't exist. Alright. I love scurvy. <laughs> my uh my general thoughts of the movie, like, you know, like, you know, there's certain things where it's like you, you know, I kinda do this every time where it's like the suspension of disbelief and stuff, and like you know, most most of the stuff in this movie, it was all right. Like it wasn't that as bad as some of the previous movies. Like even the first one with like the boat walking under on the bottom of the water, like or the you know under the water, it, it was dumb. That didn't make sense. Anyway, for this one, it was like Fountain of Youth, sure. Like voodoo and zombie motherfuckers walking around, yeah. I don't, all right, I'll, I'll buy it. Like a ship with the dead ghost dude that's like dangling on a cliff that is off balance and like. If you take his map, he'll claw you. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Even that, it's like fine. I don't really care. Like some balancing shit. I don't know. Really Even Jack's dad showing up at the right time. No, fuck that. Didn't didn't mind it. It's it's funny. It's cool. But fucking Gibbs, he's like an alcoholic in his forties probably, which is close to dying in that time period. He he's able to memorize some C charts that are incredibly complicated in like half an hour. Yeah. I, oh, I agree that 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 was ridiculous. Like especially because he memorized every single path, and that was like a circle map that had like seemed like hundreds of different like where places it could go. It seemed like it was like a very yeah almost like the compass, uh, in that like kind of mystically, like it has routes to different kind of like treasures and stuff. Like I agree, I thought that was like really really dumb. Um, I but I don't agree. I think the dad part was dumb. Why was he there? Why was the <laughs> ship killed? Why was he like? there to shoot the guy when he didn't even know he was going to get dropped off there. Like, what the fuck? A better lost, question, man. then, is, yeah, exactly why he didn't <laughs> insist that the code is law. <laughs> <laughs> also, is he, he like, is he immortal? Like, I didn't, it seemed like he was supposed well, to be immortal. But that's the thing, that's why I'm saying that Jack's against himself, because, like, his father was the one who really needed him. Like, I don't, I mean, yeah, but first I suppose you could say it's the foil. I guess so. I could I could roll with that. But I think that's why I think the villain in this isn't really so much Blackbeard, but it's Jack. Jack's pursuit of the Fountain of Youth. Jack's pursuit for infamy or fame. Um, but did he and really? It's his own worst enemy. It didn't seem like he actually wanted to go to the fountain during the entire movie. Like he was being forced to go. Right, because he already like uh, said he already found the fountain. He didn't like care about it. Yeah, and that's the thing, right? Is 
See? Because, like, remember, we're not supposed to trust a single word he says That's throughout true. this whole thing. That's true. So, I don't know. I don't know. But, yeah. Cool, cool. Yeah. Um, does anyone else have any more thoughts? Uh, that's it. I think I just, like, you know, talked for half an hour, so yeah. I'm probably good. Yep. Sweet. Um, then, as you guys know, it's time to rank the villains. So, in place number three, we have Davy Jones and Beckett and the Patriarchy, because that's going to be a running theme in these ones, uh, in the world's end. In number two, we have Davy Jones, the Kraken, Beckett, and the Patriarchy from Dead Man's Chest. And in number one, that has not moved, Barbosa, Norrington, and the Patriarchy from Curse of the Black Pearl. Where do we... Who do we think the villains are in this? Because Gabe's saying uh, Jack. I'm saying Blackbeard. Uh, Carmen, you're going to be a, a tiebreaker here. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think about whether the Patriarchy was a villain in this one. Well, a little bit, I suppose. I mean, I thought she was there weren't there was it fails that like that whatever that test about the two ladies. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, maybe it is. But it, uh, it was less villain. so than the other one. It was less patronizing towards her at least, and she was pretty strong, and she was like the first maid and everything. Yeah, yeah. it wasn't like she was like after Jack. Like she was like, oh, I'm so in love with you, Jack. No, she was Please using Jack. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I don't know if I'd say it's, it's like, totally a villain there, so. Uh, my vote, inter uh, we, are we, like, looking for a vote for who should win the best villain in this movie? Well, yeah, but, no, it's, uh, who the villains are, because we rate them against the villains from past movies, right? Right, yeah. Yeah, I'm fine with just, uh, Blackbeard and, uh, and Jack himself. Yeah, sweet. Uh, so, where do we want to rank them against the other one, or the other movies? Uh... I, uh, I almost want to put them above Barbosa and Norrington, but okay. Well, let's just do this. Who thinks that it's better than Davy Jones and Beckett in World's End? Yeah. 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 Sure. Uh, who Fuck thinks it's Beckett. better than Davy Jones, the Kraken, Beckett, and the Patriarchy from Dead Man's Chest? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're kind of interchangeable. Yeah, I would say that they're better. Uh. Yeah, I mean, I like Davy Jones and all that, but uh, he wasn't quite as relatable. And uh, I mean, also, well, Blackbeard wasn't that bad of a guy. I had, but I had Blackbeard. He has a more motivation than like an actual story behind him. Whereas Davy Jones felt like he didn't. Like he always wanted with Jack. Whereas Blackbeard maybe had yeah. more of a an overall motivation. Right. Yeah. 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 Fair enough. Yeah, uh, he's better than Davy Jones. Does anyone think that it, they are better than Barbosa, Norrington, and the Patriarchy from Curse of the Black Pearl? You can't beat that. I don't think you no. can beat that. No, I don't think so either. No. So, our rankings right now for the best villains are number one, Barbosa, Norrington, and the Patriarchy. Number two, Blackbeard and Jack Sparrow. Number three, Davy Jones, the Kraken, Beckett, and the Patriarchy. And number four, Davy Jones and Beckett from A World's End. Now, the most important part, where do we rank this against the other movies? Um, once again, in number position number three is At World's End, position number two is Dead Man's Chest, and position number one is Curse of the Black Pearl. Uh, I think this is, the missionary's position should be number two. 
Yeah, I, I definitely think this is better than two and three. Uh, I guess the the question would be, Gabe, do you think this is better than Black Pearl? No. Yeah, neither do I. So we are going to put it there. So our ranking right now is at number four at World's End, at number two, or sorry, at number three, Dead Man's Chest, at number two, On Strange and Tides, and at number one, Curse of the Black Pearl. Right on. Right on. Uh, next week, we will jump into the fifth movie, which is... Dead Man Tell No Tales. Dead Man Tell No Tales. Thank you, Carmen. Um, what year is that? I'm not 2013? Sure. Yeah, I think it's two years after. 2017? I don't know. No, like it's that. not that long ago. Um, so this has been the Cooperators Reviewers Couch. Like I said at the top of the episode, you can catch us on social media. We have Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. All those links will be in descript- the description. You can also catch us wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We will catch you next week. his leg but how i want to know yeah but but how it's barbosa he's he's supposed to be the greatest fighter ever yeah but he he had control of the the ropes right he like strung them up and then he cut off his leg so he's not strung up anymore so i guess for some reason Uh, instead of going around his neck it's around his leg i don't know i don't know something shut up baby yeah and that's really what it is and also what's wrong with loving a monkey Damn it, Gabe. When you marooned me on that godforsaken spit of land, you forgot one very important thing, mate. I'm Captain Jack Sparrow. Highway to the vacant zone. The vacant zone. The naked zone? Oh, I thought you said the vacant zone. I was like, yeah, I want to go to the highway to the vacant zone.